Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 398 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about a retirement withdrawal strategy called the guardrails approach, right? Uh, now, if you know me and you know this show at all, I like talking about uh, retirement withdrawal strategies, right? I think they are so very vital and so very important, right? Because so many people want to uh, take the money that they have and be able to live on it uh, over the next 20, 30 years of their life, right? Uh, and being able to do so requires some strategy. It requires some logic and thoughtful approaches. And so I try to give you guys good approaches and uh, potential ways that you could go about doing this, whether or not I like them, um, I, I, I will tell you, right? Uh, but I like to give you different ways that you can think about it. And so today we will focus on the guardrails approach and I'll uh, discuss some other approaches that either we have covered before uh, or uh, that you know I haven't covered in detail that are also options in retirement as well. So stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, look, there are several different ways that you can think about retirement. And there are several different strategies that you can use uh, to make it through retirement with the money that you have. There is no one size fits all. There is no perfect strategy for everyone. And I want that to be very, very clear, right? I want it to be clear that you don't have to be just like everybody else in your retirement distribution strategy. You don't, right? Uh, you can do stuff different and still be effective. And a lot of this can you know, be dependent on your situation. It can be dependent on how much income you need, what percentage of um, you know, your retirement assets you need to take out every year, how much extra income you're getting outside of your nest egg. Um, it can depend on your risk tolerance, what you uh, expect to invest in. All these different types of things can have some very real impacts. But before we jump into the guardrails idea, what I want to um, you know give to you here are just uh, several different distribution strategies, some of which we've talked about before, some of which we have not, right? Uh, but these at least give you uh, some options and you can look them up on your own later and get some more detail. Uh, but we will just jump right in, starting with some of the most common, right? Uh, so you could use the 4% rule. Now the 4% rule is very, very uh, straightforward, right? Now, the rule determined that withdrawing 4% from a retirement fund in the first year, followed by an inflation-adjusted withdrawals every year after, should ensure uh, that money is available to sustain a 30-year retirement, right? It's been more than 25 years since William Benjamin uh, created this rule, and current advisors say people shouldn't be too wedded to the idea of withdrawing 4%. 
while the concept is sound in theory, the right percentage for a retiree should be customized for a person's age and life expectancy. Uh, 4% does not have to be the gold standard, but it has long been uh, a strategy that many have used and many have done so very, very effectively because 4% has been determined as an amount of money that you could uh, sustainably earn uh, every single year on your nest egg. Now, some people mistakenly believe the 4% rule is a fixed percentage distribution strategy, which it is not, right? Um, however, the 4% uh, withdrawal is only for the first year. After that, the amount must be adjusted uh, each year based on the rate of inflation, uh, and this could result in a different percentage being withdrawn. For example, a retiree with a million-dollar nest egg would withdraw $40,000 the first year. The next year, they would adjust that $40,000 to reflect the rate of inflation and take out that amount. Meanwhile, a fixed percentage distribution system takes out specific percentages of the balance, right? Whether it's 4% or another amount. So regardless of inflation or other factors, uh, its simplicity can make it attractive to retirees, but it can also be risky if your portfolio does not perform well and it doesn't take into account inflation in the same way the 4% rule uh, will. So you can withdraw a fixed percentage. You can withdraw just 4% or just 5% and do so every single year. Now you can also take fixed dollar withdrawals. So some seniors treat their retirement accounts like piggy banks, withdrawing money whenever it's needed. However, a smarter approach is to make systematic withdrawals of the same amount every month, quarter, or year. Of these, uh, monthly distributions typically make the most sense. Some mutual funds and other investments such as annuities promise regular payments of a specific amount. Retirees can also decide uh, to take out a specific amount from their own retirement funds. Uh, this retirement distribution strategy can provide reliable income in retirement, but it doesn't take into account a fund's performance. Taking out dollar amounts uh, that are fixed every single month or year can eat away at the account's principal, which is very, very true, right? If you're taking out a fixed dollar amount uh, and the performance of the account that you have is not keeping up, with the fixed dollar amount withdrawals that you're taking, then ultimately you're gonna be moving backwards and eating into principal, which is not what we want in retirement. But this is an option that you could take. Now, you may also consider limiting withdrawals to income. So another approach um, to retirement fund disbursement is to limit withdrawals to income generated by the investments, right? That means taking out dividends and gains each year, but leaving an account's principal intact. This method ensures an account doesn't run dry uh, since the principal isn't touched. However, the downside is that annual income can be unpredictable. What's more, unless the principal amount is sizable, it may be difficult to live on dividends and interest alone, right? So just for example, let's say you have a $2 million nest egg, right? So you got $2 million and uh, let's say you can make on that money 5%, right? And that's what you expect to make on an annual basis. So if you did a fixed withdrawal strategy on that money, every single year you would get $100,000 um, on that particular uh, nest egg. But let's say that you just you know, followed the returns of the market over time and uh, you were like, okay, I'm just going to take out the income that's produced. Well, you can expect, let's say if it's all invested in the S&P 500, uh, you could expect, let's say, 1.5% um, in just dividend income, right? Let's say it was one and a half percent. So that's $30,000, but let's say you did need a hundred thousand. Well, that means that you would have to get another three and a half percent of gains from your account in order to uh, get to the hundred thousand dollars of income that you need. 
The problem would be, hey, I tried to do this, but the market dropped by 20% last year, right? So I made negative, right? I, I lost money. Uh, I did not make any gains. I had capital losses. And so that can be a problem. And that may require you uh, to either dip into money that you took out in a previous year, uh, save up money that you took out in a previous year, or um, actually dig into your principal because ultimately you do need money to live. Uh, so this may not be a sustainable approach, especially if the principal amount is not extremely sizable. Now, another thing you may do is consider a total return approach. Now, while limiting withdrawals to income feels safe, uh, it may not be practical for everyone. Dipping into an account's principal may be unavoidable for some retirees. Uh, one way to do that is a part of a total return approach to retirement distribution. A total return strategy takes into account dividends, interest, growth, and principal for purposes of taking systematic withdrawals. These withdrawals are often used to create a predictable paycheck each month based on the 4% rule or a similar percentage of the total fund. Although distributions from a retirement plan may equal the same percentage each month, the uh, source of the money can vary. Uh, a financial advisor can help determine uh, which funds to withdraw um, you know, based on performance and then rebalance the portfolio as needed. Something else that you may do is you may create a floor. So some retirement accounts provide guaranteed income. These include social security, pension, annuities, uh, and retirees can count on them to deliver cash on a regular schedule. A flooring strategy involves building up enough of this guaranteed income to meet basic needs. One way to do that is to purchase an annuity with an income rider. I wouldn't 100% suggest this, but uh, this is something that uh, they're bringing up. Um, there are a lot of lifetime income products that can be uh, purchased. Another option is delaying the start of Social Security benefits. So delaying it until like age 70 and getting more money then, uh, than you would get at say age 62 or uh, the couple years after that. Um, regardless of its makeup, a strong financial floor provides peace of mind that no matter how the markets perform, a person will be able to pay necessary expenses. So that's really focusing on, uh, can I have, you know, sustainable income sources and then anything above that may just be gravy. Then, uh, there is the buckets approach and I'm not going to dig into that too much because I've recently done uh, an episode on the buckets approach, but it's basically the idea of having short-term reserves that you live on having uh, money that is you know more conservatively invested uh, that is you know trying to create income so you can put that into the first bucket and then having a third bucket that's long term that's growth oriented that you can refill the other two buckets with as well right and um, that that's something I think is very interesting but that is an approach you could take as well. You could also minimize mandatory distributions. So having control over when and how you use your retirement money is a key component of stretching funds across a long retirement. However, traditional 401k accounts and IRAs have required minimum distributions, RMDs. Uh, these distributions have the potential to significantly increase a retiree's taxable income. RMDs must begin at age 72 and failure to withdraw the designated amount could result in hefty tax penalties. Some people may want to reduce or eliminate RMDs by converting money from traditional to Roth accounts. If you have a Roth IRA, chances are you'd want to let that ride for as long as possible and this might be the last bucket you tap into. Money in Roth accounts grows tax-free and can be withdrawn tax-free. However, taxes due on any amount converted from the traditional fund to a Roth account. New retirees who delay the start of Social Security may find that they have several years of low income early in retirement, uh, which may be a good time to complete a Roth conversion, right? 
Uh, so basically, they don't want to take these RMDs. You may not want to take these RMDs and you know spend uh, money on taxes in that way. Uh, and so they can just convert those into Roth and not have to worry about the taxes later on, right? And then the last um, option that we have here is using uh, account sequencing. So when it comes to making systematic withdrawals, uh, people should be strategic about where they pull money from, right? What's the most efficient way uh, to get to whatever target number that you have. So known as account sequencing, the optimal order for withdrawing funds is the one that will minimize taxes and allow money in long-term buckets to continue to grow. A person's tax bracket uh, can play a significant role in when to withdraw money from tax-advantaged funds. The best approach for many retirees uh, may be to withdraw cash from a combination of savings and investment accounts. Many advisory firms use software to help clients determine the best method in order to dip into funds, right? So this is basically saying um, just get money from the places where you can minimize taxes and maximize long-term growth, which would be quite obvious. Now, these are not all mutually exclusive. These are not all to where you can only do this one or only do this one or only do this one. A lot of them are you could mix and match and make them into a strategy of your own. Now, a strategy that I did not mention that I want to dig into today is the guardrails approach, right? And it has it's, has some very similar makings of these other approaches, but uh, I think that we need to talk about it. Now, we know that many experts recommend the 4% rule, right? 4% withdrawal from a retirement portfolio each year in order to make retirement savings last. Uh, this much-touted advice, however, may not hold true for today's retirees. While personal finance experts have relied on the 4% rule for years, a recent Morningstar report predicted that future retirees may have a higher chance of making their retirement savings last if they use a lower withdrawal rate. Now, let's just stop right there. Obviously, right? Obviously, the lower your withdrawal rate is, uh, the more sustainable your retirement income is going to be, right? For obvious reasons. One, you don't have to make as much return, which is fantastic, right? Um, and the less return you have to make means the less risk you have to take, the less variability you're going to have uh, in your account. Two, even if you did continue investing in the way that you wanted to, taking a certain amount of risk um, and you know beating your withdrawal rate uh, on an annualized basis, then what you would end up with is just a lot more money over time to be able to pull from. So of course, the lower your withdrawal rate is, the better, right? Um, so obviously, the 4% rule uh, was created back in the early 90s, and it was created by using the historical returns of the stock market and a 30-year time horizon. Um, so it, of course, like I said earlier, it dictates that people should withdraw 4% of their retirement portfolios in the first year, uh, only adjusting for inflation each subsequent year. By using a portfolio of 50% stocks and 50% bonds, uh, William Benjamin found that people with a 4% withdrawal rate had a 90% chance of success, uh, which meant not running out of money during retirement. Yet today's retirees are facing an entirely different financial market than back then. While current retirees have experienced higher than expected stock market and bond returns over the past 30 years, researchers at Morningstar predict that future retirees might find themselves facing lower returns on bonds and stocks after the market's recent stellar performance. That's just um, a logical statement, right? O over time, stock returns tend to be quite mean reverting, right? Which means that if you get periods of high returns for some period of time, then you might expect periods of low returns to follow and uh, the opposite also being true. Now, this could mean a future decline in the value of people's retirement portfolios. 
The report recommends that retirees consider a lower withdrawal rate of 3.3% to ensure that they don't run out of money in retirement. Now, though researchers suggest a lower withdrawal rate with adjustments for inflation, retirees might also consider trying a more dynamic withdrawal approach. Uh, the guardrail approach is one such method. And so let's talk specifically about what this approach does. Now, before we do, I do want to make clear that basically every approach that you take, right, every approach that you are trying to take in your retirement life is trying to fulfill just a couple of things, right? You are trying to do just a couple of things um, and some people may do want to do more things, be more complex, but ultimately it boils down to a couple things. One, you want the income that you need, right? And you want the income that you need sustainable, hopefully for as long as you can have it, right? Uh, so if that means perpetually, then that means perpetually. If that means for 40 years, that means for 40 years, but you want the income that you need for as long as you can have it. And then for some people, some people want to leave behind as much as they can possibly leave behind as well for their kids, for charities, for whatever else, right? Um, so we're really just trying to do these couple of things. And so all those things really boil down to how much money are you taking out? Because whatever percentage that you're taking out every year is going to impact the amount of money that you're left with, how long your money is going to last, and whether you can have the income that you actually need off of your nest egg. So let's talk about this guardrails approach, right? Uh, this was developed by Jonathan Guyton and Professor William Klinger, uh, and it requires that retirees change their withdrawal rate based on the performance of the market. This approach is designed to account for changes in the value of your portfolio. Your withdrawal rate will fall when the market is doing poorly or increase when it's doing well. So this is very similar uh, to uh, one of the approaches that we talked about earlier, right? Uh, but they didn't call it the guardrails approach. But We'll dig in here. With the guardrails approach, people set a high guardrail and a low guardrail based on their target withdrawal rate. Therefore, when your withdrawal rate is above or below guardrails, you reduce or increase your withdrawal amount so that you end up within the target withdrawal range. If you think about driving your car down a road, right? You hit a guardrail, it does two things, right? It puts a ding in your car, it hits your car, right? And it changes your momentum so that instead uh, of the momentum pushing you towards the edge of the road, it now starts to shift you back towards the middle where it is safe, right? Your guardrails are set at 20% above and 20% below your withdrawal rate. For a target withdrawal rate of 5%, the lower guardrail is 4 and the upper guardrail is 6. The target withdrawal range would be between 4 and 6%, okay? So this might be a very helpful and useful thing that we can implement. So if your withdrawal rate falls outside of your guardrails after adjusting for inflation, uh, you would take a 10% increase or reduction in your withdrawal amount. So after taking the 10% adjustment, uh, your withdrawal rate should be within the upper and lower guardrails. For example, if your retirement withdrawal rate is above 6% next year, you take the inflation adjusted withdrawal amount and reduce it by 10% so your withdrawal rate is below 6%. So consider what would happen in a market downturn. Year one, if your portfolio is worth a million dollars and your withdrawal rate is 5%, you would draw $50,000, right? The value of your portfolio decreases to 800,000 and your normal withdrawal of 50,000 with an, an inflation adjustment would be more than 6% of your portfolio. This means you've hit a guardrail. You would then take the inflation adjusted amount, assuming 4% uh, inflation of $52,000, 
and reduce it by 10%, right? So you would withdraw 46,800, right? Which would then put you at less than the 6% uh, withdrawal rate, right? Uh, so it would put you within your guardrails again. So it's important to note that the guardrails approach does not require that it retirees cut their spending by 10% in a market downturn. Retirees often have different sources of income, uh, such as your you know, 401k, your IRA, you know, you've got your pensions, your um, social securities, whatever else you may have. With a pre-tax retirement account like the traditional IRA and a 401k, you do not pay taxes on your upfront contributions, but you pay taxes on the money when you withdraw it. If you had to decrease your withdrawal amount by 10%, part of that reduction could come from the reduced amount uh, of income tax you owe on your retirement withdrawal. So that's something you can be thoughtful about as well, right? It's not just decreasing the amount that you take out. It can also be adjusting for the amount that you would have to pay in taxes. Now, this is an interesting approach, right? Uh, and I happen to like this approach quite a bit. Now, I talked about the buckets approach previously and how I think the buckets approach um, has certain implementation, certain people uh, could best use the buckets approach. I still think the bigger that your nest egg is, uh, the more suitable it is for you to just pull out whatever percentage you would ultimately like. Uh, but something that the guardrail approach is going to allow you to do um, is to take off a certain percentage every year. But what it's doing is it's making sure that if your portfolio decreases in value, right? Uh, and so you're trying to take out the same withdrawal amount uh, that you're not taking out too much relative to the new uh, principal amount being declined, right? Being decreased. Uh, but if the amount in your portfolio increases, right, it's going to make sure that you take out a you know reasonable percentage relative to uh, the amount of your portfolio. So you can have a growing amount that you ultimately take out if your money continues to grow in a sustainable way. Uh, but you also want to make sure uh, that as your money declines in value, you're not just taking out the exact same amount and eating into principal more and more over time. So this is going to limit the amount that you eat into principal, but it's also going to limit the amount of your growth on the upside um, that you end up spending and that you end up wasting. You can just have that money continue to compound and grow for you over time and have uh, a reasonable uh, range within you know which you can take withdrawals over time. So I do think this is a, a very good approach. Now, how would it stack up to some of the other approaches that we've talked about? Um, I think it's better than some. I think it's not as good as others. Anything that requires a little more nuance, right? That that requires a little more thought. Um, I think it is is good, right? You don't want things to be too complex. Obviously, you want things to be as simple as possible, but no simpler, right? Isn't that uh, the saying? But um, I I don't think that just using some fixed percentage or the four percent rule or or whatever uh, is particularly the best. Those are very simple. Right. And like I've said before, if you have just a huge nest egg and you want to employ that, then by all means do so. Right. Um, and I say a huge nest egg relative to the amount of income that you want to take off. Right. But otherwise, you're going to need to employ some type of strategy um, that takes into account, you know, changes in the market, uh, changes in withdrawal rates, things like that, and um, makes you be very, very thoughtful uh, about what you choose to do. So that's something I do like about the guardrails approach. What I don't like is that it is going to require a little work from the investor, but if you're working with a financial advisor, they can help you uh, to start doing this. Now, while the 4% rule has been the preferred withdrawal method for retirement for many years, right? It might be time to consider an approach that addresses the impact that market volatility can have on people's retirement strategies. And so I think that 
the guardrails approach in particular could not have had uh, a better time for me to bring it up on this show because um, you see a lot of market volatility right now. You see a lot of fluctuations in price. Uh, we saw a lot to the downside. We've also seen some big up days as well, right? Uh, and when that happens, and maybe you need to take a distribution from one of your accounts, you want to make sure that you're not uh, just selling large amounts of your investments uh, at the bottom or uh, selling even larger amounts at the top. You want to keep it all within a reasonable range. So by setting your guardrails 20% above and 20% below your target rate, uh, you can increase or reduce your retirement withdrawal anytime you find yourself spending outside of the range set by your guardrails, right? So though this strategy requires more thought and effort, uh, it could make your retirement savings last longer, right? And the key word there is 100% could. Uh, but I think the key in all of this is that you actually are thinking about it, right? That you're actually taking all of the variables into account, right? Uh, if we are going to try to retire and we're not taking into account uh, what we're invested in and the growth of what we're invested in, where our money is and how that is treated in a taxable way, because man, so many people forget this one. So many people, um, they think about what they're invested in, but they don't think about where their money is. My goodness. Your money is treated differently based on where it is invested, right? If it is in a traditional IRA or 401k, uh, then you're going to end up taking that money out and having to pay taxes on it. So even though you may have a million dollar nest egg, um, it's not creating the, you know, let's say on a 4% rule basis, it's not creating $400,000 uh, in true income. Basically, if you take $400,000 out, you're going to have to pay taxes on that $400,000 and then be left with whatever's there afterwards, right? Uh, so you really need to take into account, you know, where your money is, how that's treated in a taxable way. You also need to be very thoughtful about the size of your nest egg uh, and the you know money that you're going to be able to spend out of it or want to spend out of it over time. Um, because ultimately, the bigger the nest egg, the less you have to really stress about these things. Um, you need to think about what your retirement budget is, right? Because if you don't know how much money you're going to spend in retirement, how are you ever going to determine what retirement withdrawal strategy you should use and how much money you should be pulling out every single month in retirement? It's going to be very hard to figure out. Um, and the less precise we are with that, the more likely we are um, to spend a lot of time getting back to a sustainable withdrawal rate. Because the worst thing that we can do uh, is over withdraw early on in retirement, uh, dig into principal and just spend that money um, in a very frivolous, haphazard way. And then we end up with not as much money later on in retirement, which that can be a very, very big problem. Okay. But the key here, and I think for all the young people, I want to leave you with this. Uh, people who are closer to retirement, I think uh, that, you know, you've gotten, you know, plenty of information here. Uh, but people who are, you know, younger, you're working towards retirement, you just want to be thoughtful about these things later on. Um, but the best thing that you can do for yourself um, is just invest aggressively. That is the best thing that you can do for yourself. Because like I've said multiple times today, having more money, having a larger nest egg uh, is going to be a bigger benefit to you than any of these uh, strategies is ever going to be. Yes, you may need to employ one of these strategies one day, uh, but ultimately if you do not have the nest egg, if you don't have uh, the amount of money that's going to be commensurate with living your retirement dreams, then you're not going to be able to, and you're going to struggle, and you're going to have to really get creative and really thoughtful with how 
um, you're withdrawing money in retirement. But I want you to have to put as little thought into it as possible. And the only way that we can put as little thought into it as possible is by having very large nest eggs um, and you know taking money off of that. So for instance, let's say we still wanted you know $100,000 off of our nest egg, but you have a $10 million nest egg. Well, that's only 1%, right? Anybody can make 1% a year, not to mention, even if you don't make 1% a year and you needed $100,000 a year on a $10 million nest egg, that can be 100 years worth of income. And you're not gonna live 100 years in retirement, right? Um, so the larger your nest egg is relative to the amount of income that you're gonna take from it, uh, the absolute better. So invest aggressively, uh, make sure that you're putting money away investing it properly, right? Investing it in the right types of assets that are going to grow over the long term. And then we don't have to focus so much on this and harp so much on this when it's time for you to retire. So hopefully this helps you in uh, you know, making a decision about your retirement withdrawal strategy. And maybe it just educates you in what's possible and what you may need to think about when it comes to um, you know, you retiring or, uh, you know, somebody in your family retiring or, or whatever, right? Maybe this just helps you uh, to be a little more thoughtful about uh, those particular situations. And um, ultimately on this show, if we're learning something, uh, then we're winning. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day -day basis. So tune in tomorrow as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.